Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Eric Ostrowski. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Busy bit. Fred, you feel busy? We're going to be busy, man. Yeah, always busy. You always look busy. I'm just happy the Bulls won a game. You look busy when you're doing nothing. I'm happy the Bulls won a game, and I'm getting ready for the <laughs> Bears to win a game. Is that our Bulls talk for today? No, we can talk oh, more Bulls. We, we can will. talk. Yeah, we can talk more of the uh, of what happened and All didn't right. happen last night. I, this is our Bulls talk for for now. I learned I've learned something about uh, Zach Levine. You know what it is. At the end of the game, when he should shoot a two, he shoots a three. And when he should shoot a three, he shoots a two. There's nobody on that team. <laughs> In the last three minutes, yeah. they passed up a dozen uh, two-point baskets to kick it out to three to not take a shot. It right. was unbelievable. I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what they're doing. It's like they're all afraid to go to the basket. Where is Laurie Markkinen? Uh, oh, my God. The coach God. didn't like being asked uh, that uh, after the uh, game. And the presser, if we can shoehorn some Bulls talk in. Well, how about Stacey King? Stacey King keeps saying. I love him. The, uh, you guys, you're in the bonus. Go yeah. to the basket. Right. Go to the basket. He only said it like three times yeah. and they didn't do it. That was amazing. That was amazing. They're either real dumb or not real smart or they don't care. Or Even s- though they lost two games to the Knicks and the yeah. Cavaliers, they played better in those games than they played last <laughs> night. They did. And they still won. <laughs> There's an expression a buddy of mine, usually with the Cubs, he'll he'll call me, he'll take me, he'll go, something ain't right. You yeah. know, like they've lost three, four in a row. Like, nothing heavy, nothing. They go, something ain't right. And this guy knows baseball. And that means he knows something, ain't, but we don't know what it is. Uh-huh. Like the Bulls, something ain't right. The Bears, well, we know they're what ain't right. John Mullen will join us uh, at uh, 10 o'clock. The great uh, Bears uh, reporter beat guys over there at NBC Sports Chicago. I'm going to, uh, you know the old thing, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if I've ever really said, but people say it all. You hear it, right? I say it. Do I you? said it, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, I, I think I'm going to ask him what ain't what ain't broke. Well, <laughs> with the Bears. Yeah, I know. See, it's really easy all week long, and uh, I love sports talk radio. I work in it, but it's really easy to beat up on Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but I think tomorrow's game is more. I, mm-hmm. I'm eager to see more who adjusts. Is it going to be Trubisky adjusting or Nagy adjusting? Because he finally ran. Uh, he finally ran some. I formation oh. and he gained ground with the run and now let's see if he sticks with it because I saw a thing earlier this week with Tommy Thayer and Jeff Joniak. It was on Twitter. Just a one-minute piece, and Tom Thayer was so excited that they were running I formation. Not only because they can run the ball out of I formation, but now you the defense has to question itself. Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to pass the ball? Are they going to run play action? What are they going to do? It makes it, there's more options. And hopefully Matt Nagy figures that out this week. Let the record show, Fred. You and I talked about this Saturday, uh-huh. last Saturday, about uh, 24 hours before the game. Yep. And, uh, oh, you know the famous Bears fight song? We're, cha- we're going to change the lyrics to it today. Okay. We'll also... Uh, um, Murph and Fred, we are going to uh, we're going to go through the process of deduction. Do you like that? Okay. To figure out who Cubs new manager David Ross bench coach is going to be. Okay. We're going to deduce. You want to deduce later? I think I think it's going to be John Lester. <laughs> I like that. 
John Lester in the yeah. four games he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy. There'd be two red asses uh, together there. Yeah. Would you like to be the home plate? I'm blowing calls. No. Uh-uh. That's one of our Twitter and it's, oh, and it's gonna And it's going to happen if you watch the World Series. And then you get, oh. then you got two bozos like like Joe Torrey and Rob Manfred trying to figure out what's going on. You know, a rule is a rule. I understand that. But when you had to explain a rule and you do it wrong, well, that's even worse. I felt bad for Joe Torrey. I, I've never felt bad for Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey was a bad manager, and then he went to the Yankees. They spent millions of dollars, and all of a sudden, yeah. oh, he's a genius. <laughs> Come on. He's Joe Torrey. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He they me, gave him a job. He bought me dinner once in uh, oh, Arizona. that's why you like him. Yeah. yeah. Just like everybody loves Kyle Long is such a great guy. Oh. Well, yeah, because he's nice to the media. He played like garbage this year, and he shouldn't have played any games this season. And speaking of Tommy Thur, condolences on the loss of his yes. mom. Yes, definitely. The other day, Tom Thur, one of the best guys in town. So uh, here's what we have going uh, today, Fred. Uh, also, okay, I got a, a new angle on hash marks, okay? Okay. All right. I'm glad you said marks. Not hash browns. Yeah. I love hash browns. What's everybody so mad about hash browns? Oh, hash marks. We're, I got a new angle on that. Uh, we're going to change some of the lyrics to Bear Down Chicago Bears. Uh, Fred and I will deduce through the uh, process of deduction. We're going to nail down who David Ross bench coach is going to be. The great John Mullen, as I said, coming up. And Tom Ricketts, nice of Tom to jump on with uh, Caparoo. Is he giving the dreaded vote of confidence, did he, to uh, Theo Epstein? Boy, that was a love fest. We'll play that. We'll cover all that. But uh, first, just here's a little, here's a sneak preview. Want a sneak preview? Yeah. All right. All right, we'll work on that a little bit later. No, I, I know exactly how to change that. Well, you pulled up the driveway, and I opened the garage door, uh-huh. and you pulled right in. Yep. First, though, let's take a look at the uh, Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Bum, bum, bum. Number one, would you trade Khalil Mack for two number one picks in 2020? Okay. All right, that's a, that's a yes or a no. Uh-huh. Vote now. Uh, number two, will Eddie Pinheiro still be the Bears kicker week 17, game 16? Okay. That's just a yes or no. Uh-huh. Multiple choice. Matt Nagy's playbook is too big, just right, too small. Uh, let's see. Next, Matt Nagy. All right. Think about this one. Is Matt Nagy able to make head coaching decisions and call offensive plays at the same time walk and chew gum. I added that at the end. Okay. Yes or no, can Matt Nagy, do you believe he's able to handle the head coaching decisions during an NFL football game while his nose is buried in the, what do they call it, the play card, the yeah. laminate, whatever they call it. The one that says, be you. The one that says don't be you on it. Yeah, be you. No, yeah. I run down with a Sharpie. I write, uh-huh. don't. Don't in front of it. And final bears at Twitter poll question, which was worse? Trubisky turning the ball over two times in the fourth quarter with a 16 to 10 lead or overthrowing the wide open Taylor Gabriel in the fourth quarter. Uh, first and 10 up, 16 to 10. 
for a sure 58-yard touchdown. Simplify it down. Which was worse, the two turnovers or the overthrow? Vote now at ESPN 1000. All right. That's your Twitter poll for now. Thank you very much. I am the only guy in the city of Chicago that's going to bring up this point. No one has brought this point up at all this week. And you mentioned the Gabriel, the overthrow to Gabriel. If you watch as Gabriel makes his break, there's the slightest of hesitations. That slightest of hesitations, he doesn't make that, he catches the ball. So again, I'm the only one in Chicago that's going to say that. But Trubisky threw it. Gabriel, the slightest of hesitations when he makes his break, could have caught the ball. So incomplete passes are not always the blame only of the quarterback. Okay. Just want to make sure I got that out there. So I'll say it again what, tomorrow when yeah, I'm with Mongo. So what you saw was that Trubisky put the ball right on the money where it should have been. I'm ju- I'm saying that All he right. put he put a ball that Gabriel could have got to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and people will say, well, he, but he didn't. Well, I know he didn't. So, but just because he didn't doesn't mean it's all Trubisky's fault. So anyway. It's real easy to blame the quarterback. The quarterback gets blamed every time there's an incomplete or an interception where we know that when Jay Cutler was here that most of the time his receivers had no clue what they were doing running a route. They didn't cut in when they should have cut out. Um, So, you know, whatever. It's real easy. You want to beat up on Mitch for there's a lot of good reasons. Okay, he doesn't look he doesn't look confident out there. He doesn't look like he's having fun. Hopefully that'll change now after you watch the the Fox broadcast. Uh, and sees what he looks like to everybody else. But blaming Mitchell Trubisky for everything wrong with the offense is a huge mistake. He made some and if nice... you're making it, you're, you're, you're mistaken. Well, he made some nice plays. Yes, he, he did. Made, he threw some beautiful balls. Beginning of the third quarter, what happened? Marches him downfield. Now they called, I think it was seven, no, there were 11 plays, so I think there were eight runs and three passes. They scored a touchdown with David Montgomery. Well, this sets a beautiful job of pocket presence. Melvin Ingram's going to come around. Now watch Mitchell Trubisky. He's able to escape, not forcing the throw. Avoids the tackle right there, and you see what he can do with his legs in open field and a wise decision to slide. What the, what an answer by Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, now they still have to finish, but he's done his job. He's put them in position to win the ball game. Spielman over at Fox. I mean... That saved the day at that point in yeah, time. Yeah. It was a tremendous scramble. He had uh, the old eyes in the back of his head. He, he, you know, if someone were coming from the side, he'd have been flattened. Yeah. But he made the move he had to, and then he was able to break loose and get the. I mean, yeah, that well, kept the game alive. Remember the series before that. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many people I saw saying Mitch can't take that sack when he got sacked and they had to punt the ball with about two and a half minutes to go. Okay. He, he snapped, they snapped the ball. He took the ball. He took two steps back and he got sacked. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? The, what, that, ba- basically, that, Bobby Massey's supposed that, to block somebody. Well, that was the Massey miss. Right. Right. But, but, oh, Mitch got to get rid of the ball. He can't take that sack. Give me an op. He Give, didn't have time. What else should he have done? Again, maybe fumble again. That's what people wanted. The easiest thing to do is, is when a quarterback is not performing, is everything's a quarterback's fault. That's not right. It's Bobby Massey's fault. It could have been Taylor Gabriel from not making the right break on the pass. Again, I could be wrong. 
People will say I'm wrong. Some people maybe look into it a little bit more. Now, I watched, and uh, I'll watch again. I watched it two, three, four, five times, the uh, overthrow to Gabriel. Yeah. And I admit I didn't see the hitch in the giddy-up, right. which I'm sure you are right, because that's... that's uh, I could no, be no, wrong. No, 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 that's what you but do. But I'm just, you no, know... No, you do that best. It's way too easy but, to blame Mitch for everything. And no, then I don't I, do that. Then I tweeted out that night, very first pl- uh, quarter, and uh, there goes Jimmy Graham down the right sideline, and what happens? Aaron Rodgers overthrew him. Well, how can Aaron Rodgers overthrow somebody? Let's go. You're back. not supposed to overthrow your guys. So back, I hate Come on. So back on the Gabriel overthrow that maybe had the hitch in the giddy up there in the middle. Was the hitch in the giddy up still early enough where Mitch could have seen that and no. then adjusted on his uh, throw? I don't think so. Right. I think it was right when he when he was cutting across the field and then yeah. he made the, the the hitch to go up and you know. They could have been a little smoother. Did you think? Again, I'm not a, uh, you know, Tom Waddle will probably tell me I'm wrong because he's he's played the position of NFL wide receiver before. Did you think that Mitch, all that regard, you know, district, yeah. could could he have put more air under the ball? Probably. He, th- he threw like a line drive. Yeah. And when you got a guy that's flying deep and open, seems like that's where you like throw it even higher and deeper and slower. Let him really run under it and get away from the guy behind him. But if, okay. if, if he messed up that route, that's different. Think about the last time that route was run. What happened? Pretty similar route. He throws the ball deep to Tariq Cohen on that time. And what, what did everybody say? Well, he didn't throw it far enough. He didn't lead him enough. Because remember, Cohen caught the ball and the guy knocked it away from him. That was, what, two, three games ago. So now right. Mitch has that in his head. Well, you're right. Nagy tells him, overthrow before you underthrow and get picked. Yeah. Which, that's defensive play. Exactly. See, Nagy is going a little blood simple. Uh, we'll explain that a little bit later. Google it up if you have to. Remember the Coen Brothers? You're a big movie well, guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, like yeah. most of the movies, but yeah. You didn't like Fargo? Yeah. I like the chipper scene. <laughs> Jones? <laughs> the Big Lebowski? The Big Lebowski? Yeah, I've only seen that once, and okay. I'm not as enthralled. That's all right. I got it again. I got to watch it. Uh, blood simple. Let's go to uh, Bear Fan Bob. He's on uh, the Tri-State Tollway. They call it 294. In California, it would be the 294. Hey, Bob. Gentlemen, good morning. Uh, my, uh, I also knew uh, Mrs. Stair, a.k.a. Mama T. Walter Payton nicknamed her that. What a wonderful woman she was. I know the family pretty well. They're, they're all wonderful. Anyways, I do have a PSA announcement for everybody this morning. It is the weekend that we're supposed to uh, turn the clocks back. If you have a grandfather clock or a wind-up pendulum clock, stop the pendulum for an hour. Easy. Next thing, if you have a quartz clock or another wind-up clock that does not have a pendulum, move the minute hand ahead 11 hours. That should keep everything in sync, and you should not have a problem. Make sure you let your clock chime. Uh, or if you have a quartz clock, make sure you use the handset and back of the movement. Pretty hey, simple, and it'll save you money from coming to see me. Bob, that's that's a great PSA, but I thought you were my urologist because uh, my PSA <laughs> was okay, he said, this time for a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's time for the Bears. I'm going to be one of the people who's going to disagree with Steve Young and agree with Fred. Okay, I was at the game on Sunday. And, uh, Fred, you are probably right. I thought Gabriel did uh, uh, make make a hesitant in his step. I got double nosebleed seats, so I'm looking down at it. Here's, the, here's another thing that nobody talks about. People are going to hate me when I say this. This game was lost before the halftime. Oh, I yeah. was one of the people who booed him when they, when they were going in. 
uh, with, with field goals at, at halftime, and this is why. Mitchell Trubisky hit two beautiful passes uh, in, the, in earlier in the game, and I remember when they were first and 10 at the 20-yard line on the Chargers, uh, so what does Coach Nagy do? He calls for a run. Why? What the heck's he doing? How about throw the ball in the end zone and build some confidence for A, your quarterback, B, your offensive line, and C, your receiver core? He's got 9 million plays in that book. How about throw it in the end zone? You know, have have a little guts and, uh, you know, do something. Or maybe we should have done that in preseason games, oh, get some yeah. practice to do that. <laughs> but, you know, what do I know? I'm just an idiot. Well, Man, no, no. You know, I, I don't double, get it. Double nosebleed. Hey, thanks for the uh, PSA. And uh, remember, a yep. spring... Spring back, fall ahead. Now, we no, don't, fall hey, ahead, hey, spring hey, back. Hey, and Bob, Bob, we don't we don't have to wait till two in the morning to change it, do we? We can do it whatever we want to as we're going to bed. Yeah, my- Most of my customers will actually come in my store today and do it today. You know, <laughs> when I'm doing their watches or clocks, and uh, I'll be busy all day today and tomorrow doing it. But yeah, yeah, you can do it tonight, tomorrow, no big deal. No. Yeah, not a problem at all. I but, get up uh, at one. I, I set. I get up at one a.m. and do it just to be sure. You know. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. All Take right. Bye, bye. Fred, that broken clock of yours. You know. Yeah, that's right. Twice. Twice a day. Yeah. You know, if it's but analog. You got, but you yeah. got to get up at two o'clock, not one o'clock. I don't know. I thought it was. Oh, it's one fifty nine fifty nine. Yeah, right. and, and then it becomes yeah. one o'clock. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so at one fifty nine fifty nine, it becomes one. Stay up an hour later, and then yeah. you, you're all, you're fine. Like I said you uh, today at nine, you can turn it back to eight. All right, you ready to change the lyrics, Fred? All right, here we go. Yep. All right, how's that? The I-formation. Works perfect. Now, they got to thrill the nation first, though. Well, there you go. Because we're not thrilling anybody. <laughs> See, that's why we have him. That's why EO11 is Yeah, here. you're right about that. Now, let, now, Fred, this, you know, we hate injuring our elbow when we, you know, pat ourselves in the back. Because no one cares. No. No one cares. But let's go back exactly one week ago, right now, one day before the I-formation all of a sudden came out. I was talking a little bit about, I was watching some other, you know, other teams, the Saints, they had a fullback, the I-formation, right. the lead blocking back. Uh-huh. They would uh, uh, fake uh, play action to him, go back, then you could hit that I-back out there in a route, and then you continued. I haven't watched any team that uses a fullback. Okay, you've got an extra. You got this guy PJ Holtz, this uh, fourth tight end. If you want to put him in the backfield and have him block yeah. people, he's a big dude. He should be able to block someone. Last week, not bad. So, except I, f- I finally got his name right. It's JP J- Holtz. J-P. Yeah, PJ. Right. Yeah, we all know JP. Yeah, just, just has Holtz on his no, back. Nobody can. could have been Lou Holtz. Yeah. I don't know. So the Bears' uh, first play from scrimmage. Uh, well, what do we see? Your guy Holtz lined up. Well, here, let's go to uh, Fox. They're running on first down. And that's the Cincinnati native via Iowa State University. And that's the rookie David Montgomery. And that's a longer run than they had in the entire game against New Orleans last week. Look at the rushing numbers, 28th in the league. And you see that. Keep your eye on Cody Whitehair. He had the good block to spring Montgomery. Interesting thing, Matt Nagy told us this week, hey, look, they didn't hire me to run the I formation. Their short passing game is part of their running game, but they to start the game. Little I formation. Set the tone. All right, stop yep. the tape. Little I formation. So, 
Real simple. And we're not going backwards. A lot of Bears fans, I mentioned this yesterday with Carmen, a lot of Bears fans are saying, well, that's not why Nagy was brought in here. He's brought in here to run an injury. You know what? He's running here. He's in here to win games. Oh, yeah. And so if your offense isn't winning games, I don't care if it's because you're quarterback or your blockers, then you got to figure it out. And well, if running the I formation does it, then you'd run the I formation. Well, Spielman said. Yeah. Now. Maybe we're not giving Nagy enough credit. Maybe he knew when he had the, they sit down every Thursday or whatever with the national guys come in. By the way, you know, even though Tom Brenneman's sort of a pain in the neck, he's very good at football. Yeah, he's not bad. No, no, he's very, I think he's very good. But, so Nagy told them, and that was Spielman said, well, he told us uh, that's the Thursday or whatever day. What Probably matter. Friday. Whatever. Yeah, they didn't want to come in too early. Yeah. They sit down. They don't want to pay for a hotel that often. They sit down and Nagy has to, you know, the head coach has to be nice and talk. They don't want to pay for the hotel. Is that how that business works? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Who wants to pay for a hotel for an extra day? For Hell, the- they, may have, they may make him come in Saturday. Who wants to pay a hotel for an on-air guy? Yeah. But, so Nagy, was he just trying to smoke screen? Obfuscate, throw him off track, muddy the water. When did he decide I'm going to start running the eye? Well, probably, probably early in the week. Right, I would think. So they run the eye. They run the eye. They stop running the eye. What in the heck happened, Fred? They ran the eye in the third quarter, right out of the box. You notice they ran the eye in the third quarter. Yeah, they had eleven plays, seventy-five six, yards, something like yeah, that. Six march downfield. Exactly. They ran the eye. That that again is the uh, tailback and a lead blocker, a fullback, an H back, a tight end, whatever you want to call them, in a direct line. Right. The, the letter I. Uh huh. Like the T formation looked like the letter T. You know, if you're up in the double nose bleed. So here, they ran the eye. They ran the eye. This is. Uh, Third quarter, uh, the Bears get the ball to start the uh, uh, second half, of course. I formation, I formation, I formation, three in a row. Then they run, then they run, then the I formation, I formation. They got six I formations. They marched 75 yards down the field. And I believe he never used yeah. it again. Why would they do that again? They just scored. He never used it again. They, they use six and a half minutes. They marched down field. No. 11 plays, 75 yards. Score a touchdown. And eh, we're not going to do that again. So here's what happens after the game at the press conference. Do you say presser? I don't. At the press conference after the game. And I, I'm not sure which reporter this was, but Tippity L. Chapeau. He asked him about the I-formation. And Nagy, well, let's listen. You won't believe this. Man, did you ever think over the summer you would have called the game like you did yesterday? With, with all the I-formation? Yeah, did you even have that many I-formation plays? No. <laughs> no. Um, Stop the tape. Yeah, I did not. All right. We're going to replay. There's a little more. I don't want to selectively edit. You can pop me back up there, EO. So. That's Monday. What's it's that? a Monday press conference. Okay. But, yeah, just, Monday, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, he was a little less uh, honorary. Yeah. Okay, right. So he brings the the, the uh, reporter didn't mention I. He brought up the I. Then did he says so he laughs. He laughs that he uh, ran out of plays. And then you, of course, said the right follow up just now. Well, then run him again. Run him again. Man, did you ever think over the summer you would have called the game like you did yesterday? With, with all the I formation? Yeah, did you even have that many I formation plays? No. No. Um, That's funny. Yeah, I did not. But 
Hey, if I if we have to do uh, different things, you obviously know I'm I'm open to that, and uh, I have I have um, I have a lot of faith and trust in our coaches and in our players. All right, you know what? He stopped you. Okay, he had six in a row. Well, six in that drive. He had one or two yeah. in the first quarter. So. Did he re- he, what, he didn't repeat any of those? Yeah, not those that were, much. They were all successful, Fred. Right. Yeah. And he stops using them. That's but, blood simple. But Bob brought up the right point, too, when Bob was on, and that is that there's so I mean, they lost the game in the first half. When you're in the red zone, that as many times as oh. they were in the first half, and you're not able to score. Now, Trubisky threw behind Allen Robinson on the one pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another pass that was nearly picked in the end zone. But... It's tough to throw when you're that close because it cuts down the field. Run the ball. They couldn't get anything running the ball. They ran so many plays, and half the plays got them no yards or anything. Hey, Carthage College presents a look inside the changing sports industry with Blackhawks president John F. McDonough and Minnesota Wild owner Craig Leopold at 7 p.m. That's coming up real soon, November 4th, free admission. More, you can go to carthage.edu slash pro sports. Hey, when we return, we're going to uh, use the uh, process of deduction, and we will figure out who the Cubs bench coach will be, you know, the smart guy next to the uh, rookie manager, because we don't know yet if he's smart or not, but you got to have a guy that, the old wily veteran, perhaps, and uh, we'll break that down. And you and caller uh, Bear fan Bob reminded me, the red zone striker play. Uh-huh. I brought that up a couple years ago. It goes back to Papa Bear when I was sitting down with George one day, back with Sid Luckman. Back in a flash, vote now. Our Twitter polls hop and vote at ESPN 1000. Murph and Fred, busy day. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Murph and Fred always, 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Glad you're with us. We'll get right over to some uh, uh, deduction. Uh, We're going to deduce in a moment, but uh, let's bring in Eric Ostrowski. EO11, let's pay off some of the Bears Twitter poll questions. Let's see what the fans have to say. Uh, Would you trade Khalil Mack for two number one picks both uh, in 2020? Now, okay, no team has us. Well, you can make three-way trades. You know, just uh, work with us on this, okay? Fred, uh, what do you think the fans said? Uh, would the fans trade Matt for two number ones next year? I think it's going to be close. I think the fans will be 55-45. That's very close. That's very close, yeah. Very close. I wouldn't do it right now. I would, I'm I'm keeping them for, for a right. while. All right. E-11, did you vote yet? I didn't, but my vote would be no. I wouldn't give up the okay. picks for Khalil Mack. Okay. What the fans say? The, the fans, 60% of the huh. fans, so almost what Fred gets yeah. right there, saying no, they would not trade the two picks. And a lot of comments were, especially if Pace is drafting those two picks. That's good. <laughs> but 40% said yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because a year ago, a little more than a year ago, obviously now, how stupid was uh, Gruden to trade Mack? So 40% now are saying, well, maybe not that stupid because they would do the same thing after everyone pretty much ridiculed it. Uh, if you watch the Raiders, I think they're going in the right direction. They got mm-hmm. the Detroit this week at home, and the Raiders haven't been home in like a month. So um, that's going to be an interesting game. But I, the Raiders seem to be going in the right direction well, see, right he, before they go into the new stadium. He didn't Exactly. He didn't care about this year yeah. or last year. They're building for next year when they're what, in, what, in Vegas? Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Do they have a, just other Raiders, right? Yeah. Vegas Raiders. As far as I know. 
Yeah, they'll never change that. Uh, That's one of the greatest uh, selling uh, marketing merchandise. They could be called the Vegas Showgirls. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't look the Golden Knights. (laughs) Yeah, Tom Waddle. I said Golden Knights, Tommy. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, next. I'm curious, of that 40%, how many of those voters are like, yeah, I'm terrified we don't have a quarterback, so we need to do whatever we can to get ourselves a franchise quarterback. Yeah, but there's no guarantee. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee about it uh, when you draft a college kid to be a good quarterback. I mean, it happens how often? I mean, you know, there's, there's in the history, you know, Ryan Lee for Peyton Manning, or, you know, there's always... There's always going to be the one guy that just doesn't work. He's a first-round pick. And, you know, Alex Smith, um, it took a long time for him to to really become the player that you'd hope he'd be. And, again, people were talking about, is, is Mitchell Trubisky as good as Alex Smith? I think people would be happy if Mitchell Trubisky came out to be as good as Alex well, Smith. The, the poll question is really tantamount to just saying, is it time to wave the white flag and tank? You know, give up, get some more, start acquiring new... I don't like the phrase draft inventory. It's a capital. You know, draft picks is uh-huh. draft picks worked for about what 60, 80, 90 yeah. years. Draft picks. Number two. Will Eddie Pinheiro be the Bears kicker week 17, game 16? Will he be there all year? Yes or no? Fred, I'm not sure this is gonna also not be close. <laughs> I think it's gonna be eighty percent yes. I think it's going to be less. I think we're going to be closer to a 50-50. What do okay. you got, Eric? Fred, your prognostications are very close today. <laughs> Swami Fred. And I'm not 79%. So you're off by 1% yeah. saying yes. Eddie Pinheiro will be kicking this whole season for See, the Bears. Fred, if you'd have voted, you'd have been exactly 80%. I think Eddie Pinheiro, without without any doing of his own, uh-huh. got sympathy from the fans because of the whole left hash mark thing when he came out and said, well, that's not my preferred spot. Um, and then the special teams coach, which again, Chris Tabor is still employed. Um, Chris Tabor comes out and says, eh, it doesn't matter what the kicker's preference is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just a dumb comment. And uh, I've made many. So. Tabor is still on the Bears payroll. Exactly. <laughs> J- Jason McLeod is still on the Cubs payroll. We'll uh-huh. get to him a little bit later. Uh, let's shoehorn one more in here. Which one should we pick of the remaining three EO11? We got the Nagy's playbook. We got, oh, how about, is Matt Nagy able to make head coaching decisions and call offensive plays at the same time? Yes or no? Let the record show, Fred. Remember when they first hired him? I said, I don't know. I don't like the feel of a rookie head coach. Right. Also being, basically, he had a few games he called plays, I realized. But yeah. basically, a rookie head coach being also a rookie play caller. I never liked it from the beginning, and I looked very wrong last year. You right. know? Yeah, last year wasn't looking good. No. What do we got, Eric? So is Matt Nagy able to make head coaching decisions and call offensive plays at the same time? Mm. 76% of the votes say no, he cannot. See? Huh. And uh, you can count our buddy Mark Potash had some comments. <laughs> he was visiting here. I love a little bit of Mark Potash. He was on, let's see, earlier this week, I got... Carmen and Yurko, I think. The Carmen and Yurko. Here it is, Mark. Tuesday at 1.35 in the afternoon. Mark, this is short and sweet. Listen up, everybody. It's a lot tougher to run an offense when you're also the head coach and have a lot of responsibilities and things get away from you. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Fred, he's got his head, and this is no criticism, 
you know, he's calling plays. He's looking at that laminate or whatever. Right. But he's only doing it on the offensive it's side. only half the time. Yeah. <laughs> the other half, he's just but watching still, the game, I guess. I know, but when you got the ball late in the game, do I call a timeout? What, you know, it's, it just seems like there's a lot going on, even for a veteran head coach, play caller, to try to manage the game while you're, okay, when, what's the next play going to be? I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out more. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm really eager to see. Again, I'm more eager to see what Matt Nagy does tomorrow as opposed to what uh, Mitchell Trubisky does tomorrow. Hey, so. Fred, while well, we have a minute here, uh, John Mullen, by the way, at 10 o'clock, he's our Bears guy visiting today from NBC Sports Chicago. Everyone loves John Mullen. So, uh, David Ross, right? Uh-huh. I thought it'd be fun to do this. We're going to, you and I, figure out... Who is going to be David Ross's bench coach? Now, I'm, I know Theo will have a say, but this is one where you want to make sure that the, uh, the new manager has a good feeling. You know, you don't want to say, here's your, I don't like that guy, too bad, he's, he's your bench coach. No, this is supposed to be something that's sort of, you know, everyone, at least in the beginning, optimism and enthusiasm, you know, right out of the uh-huh. box. So what I've done, Fred, I've realized over many, many years that, Often, a manager, a, a new manager like this, he wants a guy next to him that he knows. Okay. Or more than that, one that he's been with. Or me, mm. maybe more than that, one that was once his manager. Okay. So I compiled a little list right there. You have the copy. Let's go yeah. through this. Now, David Ross has been a player since uh, uh, 2002. All right? That's a long time. Oh, yeah. Now, his first three years were with the L.A. Dodgers. And, Fred, you got the name of his man. Jim Tracy. We all remember Jim Tracy, yep, right? Sure do. Next, he spent a year in, uh, he's he spent 10 years, one year in Pittsburgh in 05 with? Pete McCannon. Yes. Chicago guy. Yep. All right. Then he spends a year in San Diego. The great Bruce, Bruce Bochy. Bochy. Yeah, I don't see Bruce coming in anywhere. As they a, still uh, haven't <laughs> filled that spot in San Francisco. No, they haven't. Oh. I don't see him wanting to be bench coach at this point. Then he spends, this is David Ross, 06, 07, 08, three years with the Cincinnati Reds. Fred, that would be three different managers. Oh, my Lord. You got Pete McCannon again. Uh, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. he squeezed in between Jerry Naren and Dusty Baker. So he's well, Dusty's tw- not going to be a bench coach for anybody. No. So twice now, David Ross has uh, had uh, played for Pete McCannon. Uh-huh. Now, Boston the next year, 08, he plays one year in Boston, uh, Ross. And look who his manager was. Terry, Terry Francona. I think he's busy. Yep. I think he's got a gig. He does. All right. Now, we got 09, 2010, 11, and 12. Four years with the... I didn't remember that. Did you think it was I didn't four, know it was four years with Four years Braves. with the Atlanta Braves. Who we got there, Fred? Bobby Cox and... Freddie Gonzalez. Gonzalez. So the first two years, Bobby Cox, 09, and then Bobby's not... Bobby's not doing no, anything. No. We just want to keep him on this, on this planet. Right, right. And then Freddie Gonzalez, yeah. who was also a manager once for uh, Florida, Florida Marlins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that brings us to 2013 and 14, back with Boston. Yeah, John this Farrell. Guy? John Farrell. Yeah, he had health problems. Mm-hmm. He's now a that managerial uh, position. Apparently, he'll give you health problems. <laughs> Davey Martinez says the uh, yeah. team helped save his heart. So, save, uh, so John Farrell, Boston manager, thirteen and four. He's currently uh, is he a pitching coach? Well, somewhere? right now he's a Reds at like a 
scout. Okay. And a TV analyst, uh, but he's basically a free agent. Okay. And then the final two years of David Ross's um, playing career, the Cubs in 15 and the Cubs in 16, that'd be Joe Madden, who's got a gig. So of all these names here, Fred, you want to deduce and eliminate a few here? Jim you can Tracy. Eliminate a lot of them. You uh-huh. can eliminate. You can eliminate Bochi. Yep. And Baker. Yep. And Francona. Mm-hmm. And Cox. Jim Tracy. And Tracy. Mm. And Madden. Right. So that leaves us three names: Pete McCannon. Yeah. Freddie Gonzalez. Uh huh. And John Farrell. You know what I uh, was thinking, and I heard some. David Ross does not speak Spanish. Hmm. Okay. Now Joe Madden. Did yeah? How fluently we don't know, but he always loved throwing out a little there, you know, a little Espanol, right? Sure. Un poco, very little, but you know, some. So this is just you know spitballing with you here, because the segment was named. Let's through deduction, yeah. figure out who the bench coach will be for David Ross, and it looks like to me, Freddie Gonzalez. Hmm. He's been a manager be the worst twice. Thing in the world. He's Cuban-born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a free agent right now. That's just someone to put on the list. Yeah. And if I'm right, we'll bring this back. Yo, tag this uh, time stamp. And if it's not, we'll pretend we never did this segment. When when did managers? <laughs> when did that become a thing? I mean, managers didn't always have bench coaches, no. did they? No. I mean, when did it become a thing? When analytics started, no. were managers too concerned about? I mean, when did it become a big thing that you need to have a bench coach, someone in your ear constantly? That's a good question because I don't know. You know, Leo didn't have one. No, I mean, there's a lot of managers. I'm sure there weren't. Who was who was Ozzie Guillen's bench coach? I was coach? just going to bring that up. Yeah, I don't even remember. I don't even, I'd have to go back and look. I don't need no stinking, I am when the Federales. When you got Don Cooper sitting there, do you need a bench coach also? Wake up, Don, what do I do? Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when, when, why that's necessary, and I'll, I'll be interested to, uh, I would think Ross would need one, but oh, oh yeah. as a catcher, you're thinking the game constantly, all the time. You're behind home plate. You're looking at the outfielders. You know where the outfielders are. You know what the infielders are supposed to do. You know, you're calling the pitches. I think I know the answer. I finally figured this out. It's when managers came around to the big leagues that did not have a long history of minor league man- well, oh. or minor league manager. Right. It used to be unheard of yeah. for a new manager never to have managed in the minors. Yeah. So you make your mistakes at Keokuk and then Quincy, and then you make your mistakes at Des Moines. But now these young managers uh, are, are rookie managers with not a lot of experience. They need the old wily veteran. Back in a flash, Murph and Fur will get back on the Bears beat. We got more baseball. We got a lot. It's ESPN 1000. I got, let me count them here, 67 or 68 of them. All right, give me a number between 1 and 68, Fred. Um, <laughs> I stumped 25. You. Did I stump you? 25, yeah. All right, let me go down here. All right, uh, NFL, as a fan, which is worse, having your team lose by one point or lose by 50 points? 
Remember those 50 burgers yeah. they were putting up against the Bears a yeah. few years ago? Yeah. Now we get these one-point losses. Uh, the Philly, uh, the Eagles put one of them up. Um, yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say... Uh, As a fan, you know. I'm going to say one point. I do, too. Yeah, I think one point's even more yeah. frustrating. Yeah. When you're, you know, you're down 42, you're down four, and then you're down 50, you go, okay, yeah. well, you know what? I'm just going to take the etch a sketch and shake it and uh, start over. Yeah, it's but like we a, weren't in that one at all. But as a player, yeah. would it be different? I think as a player, you'd rather lose by one than 50, right? You would think so. <laughs> yeah, because then you say, we were in this one all the time. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, why doesn't Major League Baseball allow teams to trade draft picks? You know, we're talking about Khalil Mack. Right. You know, you give up the two number ones, you get it to. Or the Twitter poll question uh, just now, would uh, you Bears fans trade Khalil Mack for uh, number one, uh, two number ones? Baseball, you cannot. Oh, no. There's a few little weird quirks where you can if, if it's like a sandwich. and a few, But what, basically, you cannot. Yeah. Why do you what do you suppose the philosophy? Why do why, I'm off, I don't know? About maybe they're protect. Maybe they're protecting the teams from themselves. Ah, maybe they're protecting the teams from making stupid deals so that they don't. So that they always have draft picks. So you're always at least going to be right. hopefully competitive right. in the future. So then the follow up question. Uh, this is that was 25, 20, 28. What would Theo do right now if Major League Baseball did allow you to trade draft picks? So here's where well, he doesn't use many of them, so it's a difference. <laughs> Let somebody else use them. Jason McLeod yeah. is still on the Cubs' payroll. So, uh, see, it's to pre- just what you said. To protect pre- the teams from themselves. Protect the yeah. teams. Because right now, he'd be stripping the uh, draft picks, the farm system, and everything uh, coming up. Uh, give me another number, Fred. Um, <laughs> and, uh, in, in honor of Walter Payton, yeah. number 34. Oh, Oh, I like that. Uh, did you ever think in the NFL, why even have a press conference right after the game with the head coach when they lose? They're never, number one, they're, they're mad. They're not thinking clearly. Uh, they're not going to tell you. What are they going to tell you? See, but that's the mistake that Matt Nagy makes. Matt Nagy's too honest. Matt Nagy tells everybody. The other day, the PR guy doing his job was saying one more question, and Nagy turns to the PR uh-huh. guy and says, no, 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 I'm good. I'll, I'll answer him more questions. He yeah. stayed for another 15 minutes. Uh, Matt Nagy has got to learn that you're the head coach of an NFL team. You don't need to tell everybody and answer every question honestly because sometimes it makes you look bad. Well, you're exactly right. I heard that you and Mondo... And you'll be uh, what time that's... tomorrow? We're up at we're out in uh, Naperville, the Lantern, from nine till noon downtown Naperville. It'll be fun. Steve Mongo McMichael, don't uh, miss that, miss a little, miss a lot. But he said last week, he goes, there shouldn't even be press media allowed in in the locker, the locker room. room after the game. Yeah, if you want to talk, you're gonna bring them out to the podium. Right. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree with that too, mm-hmm. and I'm the only person media person that agrees with that. I just, I, I, you know, there's no reason for you to be in the locker room. The locker room is the sanctum of the team. It's their yeah. inner sanctum. You shouldn't be there. Never had a press pass. I've never been in the locker room. Uh, give me a number, Fred, between, uh, you know. 16. No, 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 no. no. Not 16. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, 21. There I can you drink. Go. There you go. So, uh, Tom Brenneman, all right, twice. Juan Soto can now drink. He's 21. Twice Sunday. Last uh-huh. Sunday during the game, Fox. Twice he said... Great fans here in Chicago. (laughs) 
great fit now. He's right? trying to make up for his dad. Yes. He's trying to make up for his dad's mis- yes. mis- quotes. Eric, can Fred be caller of the show? Can we send him the Browns chicken? Oh, man. Well, that means he has to make dinner for himself, Brown, right? Yeah, make dinner for has, myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two times. Great fans here in Chicago, says Tom. He's just, you know, Tom, Tom's oh. just trying to get a free meal because when they I'm see Brenneman you. on the when they see Brenneman on the reservation list, they go, we're not giving him a free meal. Forget that. You know what? We'll wish we had Tom and we have uh, Stock Dicton uh, uh, this uh, uh, tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I have to be honest. I've been criticizing this guy for 15 years, Dick Stockton, but he actually has not made as many mistakes this year as he had in the past. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. Maybe he's taking some um, some memory pills or uh, something. He's trying to take after you. He's doing okay. He's not making any okay. mistakes. John Mullen next. We'll talk some bears over at NBC Sports Chicago. It's Murph and Fred back in a flash. ESPN 1000. Inside the first Midwest Bank State Street Studios. You're listening to ESPN 1000, WMVP Chicago. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, hope you're having a great day. Saturday's all right, especially when you're with us. Murph and Fred, always at 9 a.m., one minute away from John Mullen, talking bears over at NBC Sports Chicago. Fred, we got a few new Twitter poll questions. Uh, vote now at ESPN 1000. Multiple choice. How many years before a Chicago team is in the playoffs? One year, two years, three years, four or more. Okay. Number two. When? When would you like MLB baseball to install the robo umpires behind home plate? A, next year. B, never. C C could be, uh, you know, 2010. Yeah, they've waited already 10 years too long. Yes. You've already done calling the show once, Fred. Man, oh, man. And number three, Cubs fans, vote. If the Cubs faced the Astros in the World Series this year, how many games would the Cubs have won? Well, we only have four slots here uh, for the multiple choices, right? So the uh, choices are if the Cubs had played the Astros in the World Series this year, they would have been victorious once, twice, three times, or four. Let's talk a little football. Let's go over to NBC Sports Chicago. Once a year, he's always nice. I said, yeah, I'll come out with Murph and Fred. John Mullen, good morning. Hello there, John. Hey, guys, how you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a year. Once a year. <laughs> I'd love to have you on every week, but then we'd have to keep paying you what we pay you now, which is nothing, and you'd, <laughs> and you'd probably get tired of us. I was just on with them five weeks in a row. <laughs> so once a year, we value visiting with John Mullen. All right. We, we were trying to pick a day where you know, the Bears were playing well, but we couldn't find one. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't want to wait too long. Yeah. You know, we thought might never get you on otherwise. So, John, these, that old expression, if it ain't broke, uh, you know, don't fix it. Okay, we've heard that for about 150 uh, years. Me, at least. You, you're a young guy. You've only heard it for about 10 years. If it ain't But uh, the Bears, what ain't broke? What ain't broke right now? Is there something not broke right now with the Bears? Give us a, what ain't broke. Well, you know, the... The defense is not what it looked like last year, but would you call it bad? I, I don't think you'd put it in the same category as as the offense um, or whatever the special teams you want to call them. 
Um, it's odd that there haven't been more takeaways, but I, I don't know that you really say it. it's broken. Um, I think the incredible loss of Akeem Hicks, mm. I, you know, I want it happened. It's odd, guys. I kind of wrote to just look back at catastrophic individual losses, and, and they've had a few. You, know, you don't realize it. You know, they had Dan Hampton in 89. A 4-0 team ends up losing 10 of its next 12. Jeez. Obviously a Hall of Fame guy, not putting Hicks in that conversation. But you fast forward to obviously losing a Brian Erlacher in 09. Mm-hmm. You know, a team, they, they fell off. In the first week, it was a awful season. And then even go back to 2013, remember Henry Melton? Yeah, he didn't yeah. Bunch up. Good enough to be a franchise tag guy. They're 3-0. Mm. And Mel gets hurt, and that defense was never the same. Again, I'm not, it's oversimplifying, but Hicks was kind of the philosopher king of the defense. I mean, he was the guy who took um, Leonard Floyd under his wing. He and Willie Young used to take the kid out to dinner every every Thursday of his rookie year. It, it, there's a steadying influence, and I think the defense right now doesn't have that. No one has kind of stepped up. Uh, and that everyone from Khalil Mack on over to Leonard Floyd. Um, but it's still not bad, is it? Would you call it bad? I don't think I would. The only would thing you? the only thing that in each of the last several games where you would hope to see a stop and they would allow the team to march downfield, the 97-yard drive by the Raiders and even last week after the Bears took the, the third, you know, the third quarter kickoff and marched downfield and score, what did they do? They let the Chargers go down and score. I, yeah, <laughs> and I think really Fred, you you really hit something. I did not, again another piece looking back if you actually go back through fourth quarters, um, even back into last season, the the playoff game, obviously, unable to come up with that fourth quarter one stop, yeah. and the Eagles go down and score. Everybody remembers Cody Parkey. What they forget is the defense had multiple chances to get off the field and didn't. Come, come forward to Green Bay. Again, it didn't look like it was a deciding thing in the game, but Green Bay marched down like a 70-some-yard drive, when the Bears needed a stop and a short field to help the offense out, they didn't get it. And multiple times we saw it in London, they couldn't come up with the stop. You know, they're um, and obviously against the Chargers. There's something that it's still missing. I don't call it bad, and I think the reason why those things, those failed stops, stand out is because the offense isn't giving them much to work with. So, right. I mean, it, it, to me, all, all roads lead back to the offense, but. Um, it's been surprising at times how the Bears have kind of they haven't been able to come up with that fourth quarter stop the way a great defense would. But I still think they're a good unit, and I think that's something they can build on. But the offense has got to do something when they do get them a short field. John Mullen, John, uh, you're you're probably a movie buff, and I know Fred. I know you are. Uh-huh. Now this one is famous. It's not real new, but it was Al- one of Alfred Hitchcock's best, John. And it was called North by Northwest with mm-hmm. Cary Grant. I'm ducking already. I see a plane coming at me. Well, that's the line. <laughs> Let the record show, John. Fred does not see my yellow pad. No. And we did not talk this over in the pre-show love fest. <laughs> now, from that scene, the you know, farmers out there they waiting for the bus and filmed in Indiana out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and they're waiting for the bus at a bus stop and there's nothing but cornfields. It's you're out in the middle of nowhere, and the guy turns to Carrie uh, Grant and says, "That's funny. That plane is dusting crops where there ain't no crops." <laughs> 
if you remember, right? And then a minute. I, I had it. I, I own that movie. I love that movie. Go and, ahead. And then a minute later, all hell breaks loose when the plane hits the oil tanker, and we you know. But anyway, sure. yep. but anyway, Tariq Cohen. He runs screen pass plays where there ain't no screen. <laughs> so you know, Tariq Cohen. Let's face it. It's uncredited, but Tariq Cohen has unofficially 1,324 yards this year carrying the football. They're all horizontal. Yeah. 1,100 of them are horizontal. But, yeah. But, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like we're lost, but we're making good time. It's, well, that's, that's, like, that's like the year Bobby Douglas, Bears quarterback, uh, rushed for 998 yards, but he had about 10,000 left and right. But, but, but seriously, Tariq Cohen's going to be – he's not going to finish this season. He's going to get killed. They, they put, put him out in these screen pass patterns. Three guys hit him at once. And there ain't no screen, and there ain't no crops where they're dusting. What's going on with the world? screen pass? Well, I, I think it's deeper than that, Murph. I think we've seen too many instances where a young head coach, you know, a guy for whom a lot of things worked last year, not quite as well as everybody like or he likes to imagine, because about half from the midpoint of that season on, I had written this back in early August. It looked to me like there was they were catching on to Matt Nagy, and they really were. Mm-hmm. And that includes Tariq Cohen. So what we've seen coming forward, those red zone situations, let's say the last game, well, it's trying to out-trick everybody. And Tariq Cohen is kind of by definition a trick player. I mean, there's a lot of creative things they can do. But all of a sudden, you're running jet sweeps in the red zone with Cordero Patterson. And... You know, you're trying to go to, in a goal line situation, you're running patterns for Adam Shaheen. I mean, there's weird goings on all through that offense. So, you know, it, pull the camera back big picture. And how many times have we heard Maggie or, or Mitch Trubisky talk about a lack of identity? And I, they don't kind of have one. And I think that would even extend to what you're talking about as an isolated uh, one example of it. What is Tariq Cohen? What is their screen game? Do they really have it? Because there is nothing that has really stepped forward and said, this is the kind of team we really are. And what, what, you know, they, they looked like they ran the ball last time, uh, last week. And, and the yeah. ironic thing, yeah. the terrible ironic thing, they lost. They did everything. And Nagy <laughs> did kind of what everybody thought he should be doing. You know, David Montgomery has a great game and they lose. So it's like, even when, even when some of the things that you think they've drawn up the right way go, they lose. And this is really this is one of those snake bit seasons that I think has a real chance to uh, uh. go downhill fast. Now, now I know that uh, you know Matt Nagy was not brought in here to run the the I formation, but right. when <laughs> when your offensive line's not blocking and your running backs are not gaining ground, we saw what happens when you run the I formation. Uh, not only at the beginning of the game last week, but as Murph and I talked about earlier in the third quarter, they get the they get the kickoff in the third quarter. They march downfield, eleven plays, I think eight of them were runs, most of them out of the I formation, they score a touchdown. Then they don't do it anymore. Um, you know, sometimes, you you know, last year the word too cute or the phrase too cute was used yes. by me and by a lot of others about Matt Nagy. And sometimes when stuff is working, there's no reason to go away from something that's working. Do it until they stop it. And if they're not going to stop you, then you keep doing it. And that's those are some of the things that this year have, I think, puzzled a lot of uh, media people, fans, about what Matt Nagy's doing with his play calling. 
Well, and that really is a big point, Fred. I completely agree. The that identity crisis, and, and what what you've, you nailed it as far as the I formation. That he wasn't brought in to run that. And I think it was almost out of default. Right. Um, but not only stick with something that is working, but to me, the the essence of, of creative offensive, the simplistic solution, or this you know, the simplest definition of creative offensive scheming is you're doing something well, the other side is now scheming to has to react to stop that, and now you go play action, or now you do this. And I haven't seen that now thing out of Nagy yet. How does he play off of what he's doing well? I mean, to me, they should they get in the red zone, and I think, wow, you know, you're able to pound the ball. The offensive line is kind of, okay, finally we're going to get to tee off and smash somebody in the mouth. Yep. <laughs> and. So you basically were set up, but the plays that were run off oh. of that. Okay, so now you set up, you set up the Chargers. They're missing three D tackles. They're they're hurt and they got to stop the run. And you're just sweeping where you whatever with Cordero Patterson yeah. and you're oh. throwing to Adam Chain. They, they they what they come up with as a re, as a reaction to what's going well has been really suspect to me. That that's where I begin to really. Ooh, Matt Nagy, you, you, you didn't bring Andy Breed's playbook with you, apparently, or something. <laughs> John Mullen, NBC Sports. Do you have uh, the Coen Brothers' first movie in your collection with North by Northwest called Blood Simple? Oh, great. Oh, my goodness. Right. Great movie? Yeah. It's kind of gore. In, in fact, the... Uh, oh, boy. Now, now you just flashed me to visual. I do have that. Um, I would highly recommend you know a... a, a a surprise ending, we'll call it. Oh. Things are not quite what they seem, but a high, high recommendation. Well, it was inspired uh, by Dashiell Hammett's uh, Red Harvest book. It's an expression, blood simple. Fred, you probably heard me talk about this once in the past. It's sort of what happens when things are confusing and happening quickly and your brain can't process specifically in the case of a murder. Uh, the detectives will show up, the body's laying there, there's a pool of blood, and they roll the dead guy over, and there's the wallet underneath them from the guy that killed him because he saw the blood and his brain went simple, <laughs> right? That's blood simple. So now here's Nagy in the Monday presser. I don't think it's your question. It's a short clip. Someone asked him about the, the I-formation. Man, did you ever think over the summer you would have called a game like you did yesterday? With, with all the eye formation? Did you even have that many eye formation plays? No. No. Um, yeah, I did not. But, <clears throat> hey, if I if we have to do uh, different things, you obviously know I'm, I'm open to that. And uh, I have... I have um, I have a lot of faith and trust in our coaches and in our players. All right, stop the tape. Now, he ran out of I-formation plays, and Fred was saying, keep running it. You don't think, could we possibly, we can eliminate, can't we, John and Fred, that because he ran out of I-formation plays, that's not, that's not why he stopped running them, or is it? I don't think so. I, I, I hope think not. <laughs> we kind of return, yeah, I don't know. I think we, we in, in, when things get tough, we kind of return. We kind of go to our default setting, and I think maybe that's what Nagy did. All of a sudden, he gets in the red zone and defaults to being tricky. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, mm. but but the, the lack of identity has been a theme through this season, and I think they haven't really settled it yet. All right, John, do you feel better now, Fred? Uh, I'll Here feel better John, tomorrow. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll feel better tomorrow. Uh, when, uh, I'll feel better tomorrow when it, when we still see uh, J.P. Holtz in the backfield again. Um, and because I like what we saw from David Montgomery, I like to see more of it. And and uh, Tommy Thayer, I was saying this earlier. Tom Thayer did a thing on Twitter earlier this week with Joniak saying, you know, just running the I formation doesn't mean you're going to run the ball. It gives you so many opportunities right. to run play action or hit. Exactly. Hey, guess what? We might even be able to find a, a tight end over the middle. And first, we got to find a tight end. Then we got to find him over the middle. John. Hey, by the way, Fred, before I totally change the subject, I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you play golf not too long ago at Palatine Hills? No, not me. Why did someone get hurt? Someone, someone hit you in the head. I got a, I got a little part-time gig, which is a ball with wonderful people. I'm a starter slash ranger out there, and I'm seeing Fred Huebner on the starter sheet, and I kept looking for you. Out there. No, some people probably just using my name trying to get a free round. Here comes that, here comes that mean ranger again. Would you guys pick up your pace? Come on, let's go. We're looking for our ball, and sir, come on, let's go. John, you're a big baseball guy. Fred posed the question earlier as we say goodbye. Uh, when did the bet we were trying? to, you know, deduce who might be uh, the new bench coach uh, for David Ross. So we were having a little fun with that. And then Fred posed the much better question. When did the when did this start with the bench coach? I don't think Danny Murtaugh, your guy with the Pirates, or Leo <laughs> DeRocher. When, what, what did, and you're a baseball expert, uh, even though you're the football guy in Chicago, you're a baseball expert. When did they start? What, what is the bench coach? What was the deal? Yeah, that, we don't even know. I, I, I that was that one's lost to me just as so is some of the the application of analytics to pit pulling pitchers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that ever came from, but I also don't know where whether AJ Hintz where he got the idea to he needs to pull a guy with eighty pitches. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, oh, don't go. You know, I, the, the game bores me anymore. It just it's become. I mean, I'll post something back to you guys switching sports yeah. here. Yeah. You know, one of the things, you know, the third time through the lineup, you know, that, that old curse, yeah. that's when you, you pull a guy before he gets to the third time through. And yet, let's say it's a four-game series, and by the third game or the fourth game of that series, the the opposing team is now looking at your closer for the third, third time, time in four days. <laughs> that not that the same thing? I mean, that's why it's, it's you know, talking about, we start off talking about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There well, you go. That happens so often, and I think you don't need to be a manager you just need to be an accountant. Just count pitches and, and, and go. There's no feel for when a guy is doing well. I, I don't get it. And I, it kind of bores me. And frankly, I'm just jumping mm. around. Yeah. I think one of the ways you can speed up baseball is just eliminate the mound visit. What, what the other sport has the coach go out to the free throw line and talk to the guy? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Well, think it about it. Tough. Think about it, John. They they did that thing with the limit with the number of mound visits, and I don't think anybody's ever hit that limit. So they so well, they yeah, realized they realized they never had to go that many times. Yeah, well, stop it all together. I mean, <laughs> or put an earpiece like the 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 quarterback in the middle sure. back in football, and you want to talk to the pitcher, you can talk to him in here. But but stop delaying the game. These stupid trips out to the mound. Uh, I don't know. There's so many things that could be improved in the game, and I, I kind of miss it the way. I mean, now it's not the old get off my lawn guy, but um, some of the complaints that people have about the game are 
the things that have been introduced. There are ways to change it. I would like to see some of those implemented. Yeah, I'll just have to send you one of my get off the long T-shirts because that's <laughs> that's what everybody's been calling me for the last couple of years. So, John, just just work on the ball strike home plate ump robo up, and then we can move on to the uh, trips to the mound. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's the start. Hey, anything that helps. John, thanks as always. Thanks, Our John. annual visit from NBC, uh, NBC Sports Chicago. John Mullen, thanks, John. All right, guys. So uh, talk soon, hopefully. Thanks a lot. See you. Thank you very much. He's the best. Yeah, it, it, it's great stuff. And I love talking about John, to John. And like I said, he loves other sports, too. And he's got some of the same questions I have about, about some of the baseball. Hey, Carthage College, uh-huh. they're here to answer your questions. They present a look inside <clears throat> the changing sports industry with Blackhawks president John F. McDonough and Minnesota Wild owner Craig Leopold. Uh, at 7 p.m. That's coming up November 4th. Free admission. For more, go to Carthage.edu slash Pro Sports. All right, you ready for new lyrics? I formation. Yeah. <laughs> ran out of place. Yeah, you need to. John, I mean, didn't, John didn't rule that out. You they know, got, they got to, they got to run eye formation. They got to do something. And you know what? Put the guy in the backfield, run a play action right off the bat. First play. If you want to be tricky, do that. Hit, hit Trey Burton over the middle, get a, a throw into him right off the bat. Um, get him into the game. And I, there's so many things Matt Nagy can do just because you line up another guy back there. doesn't mean that you, you know, you're restricting his creativity. You know, Dan Wiederer uh, visits uh, throughout the week here, and he had a uh, interesting, uh, well, he talked about Trubisky, and maybe, uh, you know, is there's too much going through his head. Why isn't he running? To, you know, he had the nice yeah. run, the scramble, yeah. but I think he's talking more, more about either designed runs, designed naked boots, keeping the ball more on the uh, run-pass option, and uh, here's what Wiederer said. They want him to run more. Mitch isn't doing it because mentally he's, his brain on every snap is so unnerved that he doesn't know where to go with the football, where to go with his legs, when to run, when not to run, and, and he's not doing it enough. Matt Nagy's playbook is either A, too big, B, just right, or C, too small. I can't believe... I know Dan Weeder. I talk to him every Sunday. I'll do it again tomorrow with Mongo when we're out at the Lantern. But I can't believe that they want Mad Nagy to run more. Uh, well, I'm going to have to ask him about that because that that uh, it, it, it looks like, if anything, they put shackles on him. Um, look how excited he was after he ran and got that first down late in the game. Now, that's a scramble. Which right? No, I know. I don't think. I don't know. If, and ask him tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they're talking about or designed runs. Well, I mean, if there's a designed run and Matt Nagy calls it, yeah. then Trubisky's going to run it. Well, I mean, isn't he? And well, unless he's going to, you know, the RPOs. Then they're talking. Yeah, about. I don't know. I, 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 I seem to think that they've told him not to run um, and stay in the pocket and throw the ball. And because last year when he did run, he was a much different quarterback than he is now. Hmm. I just I'd like to see him go on out and have some fun, and that's certainly not happening yet. Which was worse was our Twitter poll question. Let's bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski. Which was our worst Twitter poll question? Well, Is that what you just asked? Well, that's, they all oh, okay. Well, uh, which was worse, uh, A or B, the turnovers or the overthrow? And Fred had good thoughts on that earlier. Eh. Uh, At least my thoughts. Well, I don't know. Trubisky, if they're good or not. which was worse when he turned over the ball two times in the fourth quarter with a 16 10 lead, or overthrowing wide open Taylor Gabriel, uh, first and 10. That's going to be like a short 58 yard 
touchdown. Now, I'll, I'll, no one other than uh, you, Fred, uh, and tip it ahead to you because you watch his stuff as well as anybody, really picked out. Uh, you were mentioning you thought you saw a little hitch in the giddy up there, right? Uh, it could be wrong, but I, I thought that when Taylor Gabriel made his break, it wasn't as, as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Well, here's what Dan Wiederer uh, said when he visited uh, here uh, Wednesday at uh, 10.16 in the with morning the with the Caparoo. When he called for a deep shot to Taylor Gabriel down the middle with nine minutes left, which everyone agrees, if that ball is hit, it's 23-10 to 10 and it's the dagger. The game is over. It's a game-winning play. And Mitch misses it. And so the training wheels were off and the quarterback rode his bike into the middle of a busy street and got hit. All I'll say is that it depends when Gabriel, quote-unquote, broke the pattern. If Trubisky had time to see it and then adjust, or if not, he was throwing the ball then just to the spot he was supposed to be at, and he wasn't there but because he was a, a step right, late. Right. Wow. Yeah, I'm just like, it's every quarterback overthrows passes, and yeah. overthrowing a deep pass is easier than overthrowing a pass that's over the middle. And safer than short underthrowing, because underthrows get exactly, picked. Exactly, get picked. So, uh, you know, to beat him up for that, mm-hmm. fine. Go right. ahead if you want to do it, and everybody else has been doing it this week. So go ahead, join the club. I'm not a part of the club. Did the fans vote the turnovers were worse or the overthrows were worse? I'm betting this is 50-50. Okay. So 56% right. of the voters said the turnovers was worse than the overthrow. Hmm. So well, if the overthrow, if, if Fred's wrong... Then the overthrow to me far supersedes the turnover because now you got a touchdown and you and you got a what you got a thirteen point lead or whatever yeah. the heck right right well and I'm I'm gonna watch you run the you know the games in the NFL tomorrow and every time a every time a skilled quarterback yeah. overthrows a wide receiver I'm just gonna ba- right. make a note of it hey Tom Brady overthrew somebody oh Aaron Rodgers overthrew someone Byron Illinois he's on the Rock River hello Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys, uh, yeah, you know, the week before that, uh, Trubisky missed that throw to Anthony Miller, too, which was his favorite throw. I agree. That was an awful Uh, one, and he tried to make up for it this week. He ran a similar play to Gabriel, I think it is, and and he completed it. There you go. But anyways, uh, you're talking about Holtz being in the back. Backfield with uh, Montgomery. Yeah, I'd rather see him get uh, Ryan Nall up from practice squad. At least kick him on the ball. Yeah, what, the hap- ball. what happened to him, Mike? That's right. Yeah, he's on the practice squad. You're right. You're right. You he, know, he's a guy. He's that, got size. He, he can throw a block. He, he was like a it. he was a bowling ball. They couldn't stop him. Remember, he was knocking down to ten pins. Exactly. Thanks. It'd be like bringing back Mike Allstott, uh You know, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Good old, good Mike. Good old Joliet guy. Good one, Mike. Thank you. you. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Mike's out in beautiful Byron. Murph and Fred are here in beautiful Chicago. Hey, got some sound bites when we return, trying to unravel what Theo and Tom Ricketts are saying. Because remember, pay no attention to the men behind the curtain. Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Murph and Fred, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Glad you're with us. Hope you're having a great day. Fred, the, uh, the more you... So, Theo Epstein, he's in a self-made pickle. That's, you know, okay. See if he can get out of the pickle. He's got two years and then blow town. But, you know, he's... Uh, I've always said he's a politician. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's not good or bad necessarily, but, you know, 
politician. He's a squanderer. Mm-hmm. He has squandered a great young team. And now they're going to, what, have to rebuild? Come on. I've often said he's a guy that, well, he's an obfuscator. He can muddy the water and talk in circles, which okay. is fine. That's, you know, fine. He's also, I got a new, he's a filibuster-er. He can talk. He yes, can he talk. can. Well, he was, <laughs> he was nice enough to come on ESPN 1000. Uh, I think it was with the Caparoo. Yep. And uh, I, we don't have this racked up, as we say, in the radio business, but just jotted down here. In about a one-minute period, if, if, here's some of the... He used uh, in one minute, he, culmination, some of the parts. Environmentally, we might end up less talented on paper, but we'll get more. Vibe, and, you know, next year. Okay, fine. Then... We do have a soundbite, thanks to Eric Ostrowski. He did have uh, the next, which this caught my... Now, this is a very short little clip. They are asking him, you know, about the next year and free... You know, all regular stuff. The budget's always a function of, of uh, you know, sort of revenue minus, you know, other expenses. And what we're left with, they pour back into the team. All right, stop the tape. Now, that sounds very benign and logical uh-huh. well, when he says it, right? You sounds know, like profit. The uh, payroll. Take the profit and bring, <laughs> turn it into the team. The budget's always a function of, of uh, you know, sort of revenue minus, you know, other expenses. And what we're left with, they pour back into the team. Well, you see, that spiel mm-hmm. worked eight years ago. Seven years ago. Well, we can't spend money until the money's coming in the front door. They bought a new door, and they they bought a few more doors, and they got money coming in from every door. Well, he's saying right there. I mean, come on. How about the Ho- Joe Ho door? The Joe Madden uh, restaurant uh, post uh, door. Yeah, I know. It's like still going to be Madden's post. No, Swami Murph said this. Remember a year ago, yeah. that thing will not be here. Ross's post. It, it won't be here. No, Ross's restaurante. <laughs> Remember, it was either that or Gerard, Gerardi's grill. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. See, he says this stuff, and he's not, it just pours out of him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a filibuster-er, is what he's doing right there. Right. See, eight years ago, seven, six, when he took over, well, how come you're not spending more money? Well, we can't do it. You know, and, and so this, what he says here, is like eight years ago. The budget's always a function of, of uh, you know, sort of revenue. Minus- okay. Get rid of it. I can't hear it anymore. But it's actually, I mean, the budget's whatever your owner tells you it is. Bingo. Now. The budget, you can spend whatever he says you can spend. But here's where that thing rings hollow and is BS. All right? Because the owner has stated many times, and just last this week again. With cap, I think. That the... There's a thing called the luxury cap. Uh-huh. All right. Love it or hate it. Baseball had been the only sport without a salary cap. Right. Then the owners bamboozled, schnuckered, if if you will, the uh, players' union. And so we're going to put It's this- not that hard. Players' what? union just... What? <laughs> what were they, from, ev- from every sport. Yeah, sure, okay. The players' union from every sport just signs off on some of the dumbest stuff yeah, in the world. But in a luxury cap, as long as it's not a salary cap, yeah. and the owners are laughing their asses off, right. uh, it's onerous. What it means is, uh, and we know, and then Tom Ricketts even said the other day, well, you know, and I can, I mean, they've got it so rigged, the owners, that even a fan can't get mad because you lose future draft picks. Right. And, you know, it's a 25 and a 50, whatever, you know, you give a guy 100, if you're, if you're 10 million over, you got to put in another 5 million, just give it to the league. But it's those draft picks 
that you lose. Yeah. Which, well, those, yeah. that's tough, Fred. Yeah. Well, not if you don't use them well. Well, of course. If you don't use them well, they ain't worth crap. And Jason McLeod is still on the Cubs' payroll. Yeah, I mean... So, all that jazz that Theo's That's the biggest crapshoot is the draft picks. But it's baloney because he says this now, right? Oh, you know, no, no, that was eight years ago. The owner has said, Theo, it's got nothing to do anymore with revenue. Your budget's going to be this budget. Because it's all we because we ain't going over the luxury right. tax because the thirty owners all shook uh, hands on this. Yeah. Now, let's bring in. You know what? Tom Ricketts is really starting to get on my thin ice list. Okay. All right. I've always been, you know, hey, got a World Series as did Theo. I understand all that, but now. He's starting to feel real big about it. He's starting to get uh, big britches. He's starting okay. to feel big about himself. Remember uh, what did Kenny Williams used to say to stay out of? Stay out of White Sox business. I almost want to tell Tom Ricketts, stay out of Cubs business. But he is, he is Cubs well, business. Well, he owns a team. Yeah. <laughs> he owns a team. So. But I could say this. You could say. I could say this. Hey, Tom Ricketts, stay out of Cubs baseball. Business. Operations. Yeah. Business. Right? Mm-hmm. So Tom Ricketts. He was asked about when he gets involved in stuff like the, with the manager and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Well, Tom Ricketts was on and he visited again with the cat man, right? And we appreciate it and are very happy that Tom Ricketts would come on. But he's either been drinking some type of Theo Epstein Kool-Aid. Do they, or, serve, do they serve beverages at uh, Madden's Post? Or he thinks that the Cub fans are the biggest numbskulls in the history of fandom. Now, everyone knows... And if you're new to the show, then you don't know that the biggest problem over the last eight years has been the lack of farm system and draft development. Sure. We all know that. Now, Tom Ricketts, here's the way. So we've got a little, couple, a little clip here. Here's Tom Ricketts, and uh, he's talking earlier this week. And uh, he's talking about, well, how important it is to develop young players, Tom. Yeah, the fact is that, Having the resources to put on the field is important. The real key for us is to you know, focus on developing the players that will be our future. Stop it! <laughs> Where have you been for eight years? Well, uh, maybe he's trying to say that they haven't done it, and that's the focus because it hasn't been done for eight years. Well, is this backhandedly giving the dreaded vote of confidence to Theo? Everyone knows Theo has failed miserably in one area. Well, free agents, no, more than one, but his biggest one is they've drafted poorly. Yeah. Yes, international signings are different, so uh, that would be the uh, uh, Soler and the uh, Torres and uh, Eloy. You right. know, that's different. That's, right. Don't confuse the two. So now Tom Ricketts is trying to say how... We know that, Tom! Yeah. I hope you didn't... See, I think he, he thinks Theo... Okay, so now, a few minutes later... And it's great. He starts talking in. In fact, Cap, we've got Cap here asking about, well, you know, since Theo's leaving in two more years, you know, we are we trying to win in the short term, meaning this year. Right. Next year, Theo's final year or the future, which was a great question posed perfectly by the uh, Caparoo. We have to think more long term or with two years left on Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Contreras and Schwarber, we got to think short term. How do you balance that this winter? I mean, it just it just reminds you that 
you do have to build a team. You oh, can't just go out and buy one. Build a team. And on, with that respect, you know, in that respect, you know, basically what we have to do is continue to refocus on on just developing players. Developing you know, players. We, we have I said to be refocus. Able to we have to be able to develop players that we bring up Duh. because over the next couple of years, we are going to lose some of the guys. There's no way that, that everybody can stay on this team forever because they're all going to become free agents around the same time. Duh. And uh, we have to manage to that. And the way you manage to that typically is to have players that are, that are coming up through the system to Duh. replace guys that you're going to have to lose because you can't, you can't keep them forever. So, um, so it just reminds us that while it's a big benefit and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a plus to have the financial resources to be able to, to sign players when you have to, the real key is to build a development model. So in other words, they're screwed. <laughs> we don't have money, which I understand they're capped out over right. the luxury gap. You know, what the heck? It's been poorly spent. We got no firm system and we don't have money. Other than that, how are we doing, everybody? Well, they got tons of money. Then... He really, well, yeah, but he ain't going over to luxury right. tax. Uh, I know, well, but right. they, they got the money. They well, just don't want to spend it. Well, right. Right, right. Then he really got, you know, I always thought Jim Hendry was uh, poorly respected, misevaluated. Uh, I'd like to know how Theo and uh, you guys would have done without three of Jim Hendry's guys when, when they took over. Mm-hmm. You know, Javi Baez, that was uh, Hendry, right. Wilson Contreras, and uh, DJ LeMayo, who wasn't bad, right? So three guys right there. Now, Ricketts made the biggest mistake yet to me. The next statement here. He's, they're going to start talking. Cap is going to revisit and uh, the short-term, long-term. But they start talking about a trade here when uh, Jim Hendry was under the gun by Sam Zell to try to win. He said, yeah, we need to win so I can boost up the right. value of this Cubs team because I'm going to put it on the open market, mm-hmm. right? So Jim Hendry had to make a trade where he traded a young minor leaguer, Chris Archer, who everyone knew would be a terrific pitcher, and he brought in... They thought he'd be better than he is. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right, he, you're he's, right, he's been right. good. Right, but they brought in Matt Garza yeah. because he needed a starting pitcher. And if you listen, Ricketts, he jumps in and starts laughing about the trend. We also threw in Robinson Chineros, the backup catcher. Shut up, Ricketts. You're not a baseball man, and don't you dare think... I'll tell you one thing. Jim Hendry left this team in better shape in 2011 yeah. than this guy Epstein's going to leave it when he blows town in two more years. Now, listen closely to Tom Ricketts, who I think made a big mistake to talk like he does here. I hung up my phone and I went, oh, dear God, they're giving up Chris Archer? He's better than Matt Garza right now. And yeah, so they gave up Robinson Chirinos, who's the catcher for the Astros. Correct. He's still playing. There were two more guys in the deal. Theo's now two years left on his deal. Has there been any thought to say, you know what, Theo, I want to make sure we take a long-term approach here that we're not trying to, we got to win in the next two years because my contract's up. Good question. And extend Theo's deal right now. Well, I don't, I don't think Theo's going to make any decisions for the team based upon the length of his contract. Of course he is. The, um, you know, we have a very, very good relationship. Um, he, he's earned my trust. He's hopefully, hopefully, fans trust him as well. Uh, I mean, the fact is that I think he's one of the best in the game. Oh yeah, and he's going to do what's right for the club. He's not going to worry about you know what day his contract expires. 
Yeah, he was uh, good when Bryant fell into his lap because the Astros didn't draft him. Yeah, but he, he's got enough money, he doesn't have to worry about what's going to happen. <laughs> Carthage College presents a look inside the changing sports industry with Blackhawks President John F. McDonough and Minnesota Wild owner Craig Leopold at 7 p.m. November 4th. Free admission. More at Carthage.edu slash pro sports. When we come back, Fred, you had some great thoughts with Mongo and Dan Wiederer last uh, Sunday just before the Bears game. Miss Little Miss Lot. You can catch Fred and Mongo tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be at the Lantern, downtown Naperville, from 9 till noon. ESPN 1000. If the Bears win the coin toss today, is there any chance that they would actually take the ball and try to establish something. I know that it's against Matt Nagy's, and I agree. You always try to take it in the second half, but the last couple of times, they've gone three and out when they got the ball in the third quarter. It hasn't really helped. Uh, do you think there's any possibility that would happen? That was Fred with Mongo last Sunday, 9 till noon. Check him out tomorrow. Fred, when they did get the ball to start the uh, second half, second half, what they do? March downfield, 11 plays, 75 <laughs> yards, touchdown. <laughs> So that was good. That was good. So, in theory, they don't usually they could do have, that. when they won the they won yeah. the toss. They could have said, "We'll take the ball to start the game," but then he wouldn't have run those. Yeah. See, yeah, he only ran those after he saw that nothing was happening, or what? Well, he ran he ran those after he figured he couldn't score well, in the first half. Well, right. At the end of the first half, yeah, exactly. and had to kick a field goal <laughs> and be booed off the field with a nine to six lead. Yeah, Tom Brenneman said. They're going to be leaving the field uh, with uh, yeah. booze. Uh, with the lead. With the lead. With the lead. <laughs> and everybody's booing them. Mark from my task is next. Hey, Marcus. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's hey, up, Mark? You are. Go. All right. Well, I've got uh, two things to say. Uh, one, I don't think we should be beating up Mitch Trubisky uh, for an actual decent performance. Nah, it wasn't great. But, you know, it's not Brett Favre. It's not Aaron Rodgers. We need to understand who we're rooting for. Well, hey, Dan, Dan Orlovsky, who's on uh, you know ESPN, he breaks that all down, a former quarterback. He was on earlier this week and said it was actually one of Mitch's better performances. So, Well, and I thought so as well. Yeah. Like, and you can't fault him for that. You know, second quarter shenanigans at the goal line. I agree because he's not the person calling the plays. Right, the shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Call again. I like. Thanks, the, Mark. I, I appreciate like your angle, it, Mark. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah. I mean, Mitch just ran those plays. Now he did throw the ball behind. Uh, Allen Robinson, Robinson at the yeah. goal line. That could that should have been a touchdown right there. Well, but, you know the two you know? turnovers and the uh, not being able to connect uh, with Gabriel for whatever reason, whoever was out of step. That's uh, hard to digest. Hey, one one bad one or two bad plays makes for an awful game. Apparently, by, according to everybody else out there, got a little whiny there. Huh? So yeah, I mean, I mean, players around the NFL, quarterbacks around the NFL. You know, Brett Favre led the NFL in, in interceptions. I think just about every year. Uh, but it was okay because he just would come back and throw a touchdown. You know, he'd have the opportunity to just keep throwing the ball. Fred, he never ran the eye again yeah. after the third quarter that's out just, of the box, Mark, shoving it down the smash mouth. Right. That's just that's just poor play calling he by never, Nagy. He never ran it again. Yeah. Well, you know, and they, and they they may see it. Uh, yeah. 
They, they've seen it now. We don't want to throw too much at them. They might be able to stop it. Hey, real quick, what does the name John Maley mean to you? Remember that guy? Yeah, he yeah. means a hitting coach that a lot of the Cubs liked and apparently not enough of the management, the front office, and uh, they got rid of him. And now he's got another job. The operative word there was they. Yeah. They got rid. Let me just remind everybody. Now, John Maley was the Cubs hitting coach. Yeah. And he has now been hired, uh, brought in, you know, Joe Madden said, I want him. Yeah. So he's now the Los Angeles Angels uh, hitting instructor. He's going to make Mike Trout better. Here's what happened. (laughs) Two or three years ago, I'll never forget this. Theo Epstein made the statement. He says, well, Joe Madden. This might have been at the end of the season, but they hadn't fired anyone uh-huh. yet. Joe Madden's, you know, he's in charge of the coaching staff. Yeah. He said that. Joe Madden's in charge of the coaching staff. This is what Theo said to the reporters. It was everywhere. He's in. About two weeks later, you know what? John Maley was gone. Yeah. All right. So everyone is. See, Theo made it sound like all the moves are Joe Madden's decision. Right. Now, Maley's gone. And what would you assume? Well, Joe, Joe yeah. didn't want him. Right. Uh, that wasn't the case. Well, what just happened? Uh, he Joe, hired him as soon as he yeah. could. So Theo threw Madden under the bus. Made yeah. it look like he was the one. Was it the Madden bus? That's right. Was it the small uh, little uh, VW bus he uh, threw uh, under? Was that a Cousin Eddie? <laughs> right? Yeah. God love Cousin Eddie. You always got you always got to wonder about people that name their vehicles. Smart Potash, he does the thing where he picks all the remainder of the Bears games. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They've played seven. That means nine left, right? He's got them going two and seven. That's not good. The rest of the way. I predict two they'll be better than that. Swami Fred. I predict they'll be better than that. Two and seven. The and rest they're going to the surprise way. the Eagles tomorrow. That would be five and 11. The only W's are the Lions at home and the Giants at home. I'm going to keep saying they're going to win until they win. You might be here for a long, <laughs> long time. Longer than you even wanted to be. Yeah, tomorrow, me and Mongo at uh, the Lantern, downtown Naperville from uh, 9 to noon. Come on by. We'll have a good time. Maybe Mongo will. Presented by Goose Island. Oh, I got prop day coming up. They got Bourbon County Stouts coming up. I can't wait. Maybe Mongo will yell at you in the crowd and then buy you free drinks. Uh, he'll yell at you in the crowd if you <laughs> if you wear a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. He's the best. want to thank all our guests. John Mullen, NBC Sports Chicago. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. See you later, everybody.